I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Super hot and hairy, but also he is the most basic person ever. I love that about him. Like his basicness is like a weighted blanket for me. It's like, I just want to look at him, be hot and basic. And it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. I mean, his titties are a weighted blanket. And welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, whose fault is it that you're gay? I'm Eric Williams, your host, and I hope you had just the best 4th of July. Ugh, why are we celebrating this country? Um, I mean, listen, I get why, but I don't get why. What I do get, though, is like an excuse to have a hot dog. You know, once or twice a year, a good hot dog. Mm. Um, Speaking of hot dogs, and I know that little teaser at the beginning was a little... <laughs> shall we say graphic uh i want to tell you brian moylan is on the podcast this week and we talk bravo yes but if you're not into bravo we do talk hot guys yes we do talk porn yes so if that is not your bag baby then hey there are so many other episodes you are going to absolutely jador but um we do talk about of course a lot of pop culture in addition to the real housewives i mean the, the list is endless but before we get into the interview with Brian Moylan, I do want to test out a little hack that I've actually come up with recently when I was with a group of friends. Uh, if your group that you're hanging out with is just not paying attention to you at all, the conversation's drifting, you want to spice things up, here's the hack. While everyone is deep in conversation, talking about some girl you don't even know, all you do is take a moment, breathe, and then just say, yeah, well, they called me a faggot once. I swear to God, I did that with a group of people. They were talking about some chick and they were like, oh yeah, she's really sweet. And I was like, well, she called me a faggot. The entire group got completely silent. I was like, I'm kidding. I don't know who you're talking about. But then guess who they were talking about after that? Me! <laughs> well, guess who we're talking to today on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. That's right. Brian Moylan, the famous Brian Moylan, who just became a New York Times bestseller. That's right. His book is called The Housewives, The Real Story Behind the Real Housewives. And if you are a Bravo fan, it is a must read. I read it while I was on vacation in Florida, as you will hear in this episode. Incredible read. So funny. So smart. Brian Moylan, if you don't know him, he actually is a writer for Vulture with famous 
Vegas recaps, recaps from The Real Housewives, many shows. You need to uh, follow him on Twitter, on Instagram. His handle is at Brian J. Moylan. Brian with an I, J. Moylan, M-O-Y-L-A-N. And yes, the episode gets a bit dirty, and I can't wait for you to get on dirty with us. Follow me on social media at Eric Wills and the podcast at Gay Ass Podcast. I'm really excited to announce that we are going to have a Patreon launch soon. So stay up to date with that by following us on social media. We just booked a dream guest. So make sure you're subscribed. Give us a five star review if you so choose and enjoy this episode. Here we go. No, I have to say, I know your your first question before we started recording was like, why are there stairs? Why are there stairs? I don't normally have these stairs. I'm here for a week <laughs> in good old sunny Florida. Um, but guess what I just finished reading? What? Is it The Housewives? The real story behind The Real Housewives available at thehousewivesbook.com? Wait, Brian, it literally is. I didn't even prompt you to tell you. Um, yeah, I finished actually yesterday. It, it, is it a good beach read? Absolutely. Is it a good non-beach read? Absolutely. Is it a good read on the plane? Is it a good read at your home? Is it a good read on the way to the grocery store? Brian, the answer is yes. Could not have been more obsessed. And I'm so grateful you're on That's a Guest podcast. And I think there's just so much gold in this book. Thank and I have you. so much to ask you. Um, please don't read the book on the way to the supermarket because you will probably crush your car and die. But everywhere else, please read it. And if you're reading on the beach slash by the pool, please take a picture of yourself reading it in a swimsuit and send it to me on Instagram so that I can repost it for everybody. Brian, you don't know how fast I'm going to do this after we finish this interview. I mean, <laughs> truly, like, careful what you wish for, babe. Um, <laughs> I, I like asked for that on Memorial Day, and like, uh, and basically, I just wanted like hot dudes to send me pictures in their speedos, and um, yeah, I got like maybe half a dozen, and I was like, yes, I sent the winner a prize. So why? What was the prize? The prize was like a Real Housewives activity slash coloring book. Oh, we love so much. We actually have a couple of the Housewives coloring books on this vacation because it has rained a couple of times. We've needed an activity. And so we've just been, uh, my mother-in-law was coloring in clip, clip, clip. (laughs) Is your mother-in-law a Bravo fan? She is, actually. We watched last night the Below Deck reunion. Uh, my father-in-law actually is invested in Below Deck sailing. My sister-in-law is also... Matt, my husband, definitely is. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of a, a beautiful thing to unite us because my own family doesn't fully watch as much as, as, as we do, but they respect the hustle. I have the same experience in that my family has never watched an episode of Real Housewives that I wasn't on and I was only on two episodes. And but my husband watches religiously and his brother and wife are huge Bravo fans and their kids only watch Summer House because they're like teenagers, but they're like into Summer House. So interesting. I never thought about the younger generation, what shows they would be into, but Summer House tracks. I mean, I think I get it. Yeah, totally. And I think that um, one of them, they're like 18 to 13 and the, the older one is also into Blow Deck. Sure, sure, sure. Wait, so I have a question then. Uh, Carl or Kyle, which one's hotter? Um. Oh, so I am, I want to marry Kyle Cook. 
Like, I am so in love with him. I think he is the most handsome man on Bravo. He's just so delightful. I mean, the first few seasons, he was a total asshole. But now he's just everything. And I love him with all my heart. But I think that, like, Carl is hotter. Mm. But, like, Kyle is still super hot. But I, like, want to marry him in a way that I don't want to marry Carl, because there's still too much work to be done. As you're, <laughs> as you're saying this, so I'm having all the flashbacks to your recap after recap. Is just saying that the perfection of of Kyle Cook and I and I should have I should have known. I mean, you're actually I know you've seen Kyle in person. I'm sure, but I got to see him one time, and I was like in a random park, and I think like the East Village or Lower East Side, and even yeah, in person too. I was like, oh, this guy is golden. Like he's shiny, glowing, gorgeous, and as someone who does love a blonde. Jesus H. It's he really is a stun. So I was in California um, for like a month of promoting the book, and I was there for my birthday. My husband was still in London, and I went to visit his family for my birthday, and I forced them to throw me a birthday party. And because <laughs> they are like Bravo fans, it was a Kyle Cook themed birthday party, and so they had like pictures of Kyle Cook everywhere and then my nephew like photoshopped my head onto Amanda's body so it looked like I Carl had his Kyle had his arm around me oh and, my god yeah, it was amazing it was really like above and beyond wait so what is your personal have you had any moments with Kyle IRL or I I I L in internet life um so I posted so they made <laughs> my nephew took his like gaming chair do you know what this is Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and he like put all these streamers and balloons on it, and then put a picture of Kyle's face on it. And so I took a picture of that and posted it on Instagram and tagged Kyle, and he's like, "Oh my god, that's hilarious!" And that was like our only interaction. I was like, "Oh my god, are we married now?" Um, <laughs> but um, so this was a couple summers ago. We went to Shelter Island, which is mm-hmm. like off of the Hamptons, and we were staying with my husband's friends. And we were going into the Hamptons to meet some other people for lunch. And I was like, oh, my God, do you think we're going to see the kids from Summer House? And everyone's like, no, you're stupid. What are you talking about? So we go to the restaurant and Carl and Lindsay were both there and they were making out. This was when they were <gasps> like having their thing. And so we were like months ahead on the Carl and Lindsay gossip. And it was like amazing. And oh, my God, I'm like six foot two and Carl must be. Six four, six five. He's gigantic and gorgeous. Oh my, oh my god! god. The th- I mean, the thoughts I've had, the things I do. Carl is so hot, but like, so wait, you knew this before it happened on the show? Did you leak it to anyone? Did you? Who did you tell? I was like telling friends, but I don't know that I I said it anywhere publicly. Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, one of the one of the devastating things that I realized about these shows related to Summerhouse actually is I saw them filming with the twins, with the um, the work is twins. The, yes, the work is twins. They were in Madison Square Park, and I was there minding my own. I see the camera crews, and then I see the twins. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're filming Summerhouse, and then I saw them do reshoots and of them walking into the park and walking out and like over and like multiple takes, and it, it did. It was my first moment of the illusion sort of shattering around me. But of course, in your book, I love the insights about like how the producers work, how they get the shots, what happens if like they do multiple confessionals because they miss something or the housewife didn't. I think it's it's like it's now i've removed the emotional uh devastation of like <laughs> right, wait right. a minute it's not all one take but i because i do still see 
the seed of reality within it all. It's just, of course, the inner workings of the show. You would never know. Was that was it that way for you when you first found out how the kind of artifice of it all? Um, I kind of knew, yeah, like how that worked, and like I'm fine with them. Like, oh, can you do? walking in the park again you know it, like it is a tv show and you want it to look good mm-hmm. and that's why we like it but i was surprised to find out researching the book actually how less scripted and manipulated it is than a lot of people think it is like i yeah. i think a lot of fans are always seeing the invisible strings of the producers and like everything that happens and you know, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Like, they're never telling the women, oh, you should say this, you should do this, you should go over there and talk to them. Um, but I do think that the women want to stay on the show and they know what mm-hmm. it takes to stay on the show. And a lot of times the call is coming from inside the house, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I do find it so interesting how every reality show and every network d- deals with that differently. Like, we finished the Below Deck reunion and then the Chrisley, Chrisley Knows Best came on after. And I instantly thought of you because you could clearly see that they were 100% being directed. And it seemed word for word scripted to me. Yes. I mean, I said out, I said out loud to my in-laws and I, and I always feel guilty doing this because I never want to yuck their yum because I think they really are super into the Chrisleys. But I was like, these people are the worst actors I've ever seen. Like they, you, it yes. felt like I was watching an eighth grade play of them doing the glass menagerie. Just like, where are you going with that drink, mama? It was like so by rote and i it, that's what turns me off whereas the housewives it's clearly ramona's being a bitch because she's a bitch and maybe the party was a little contrived but y- you can't take the bitch out of the part you know what i'm saying ramona's gonna be a bitch wherever ramona is i know exactly what you're saying i feel that way about 90 day fiance and that oh. i think that there are some really great characters on there and you do get to points where you see them behaving naturally but everything is seems so produce that i'm just like i can't i also feel the same way about selling sunset though i do watch <gasps> it but i'm like girl i don't believe a thing that happens on selling sunset i like view it as a scripted show interesting so does that it, when you view it as a scripted show does that take away at all from your enjoyment of it do you, do you are you less invested no not particularly but i'm just like girl <laughs> yeah okay so then let me ask you between um do you if you had to choose between christine and chris shell who would you stand more Ooh, um that's a good question like i want to say chris shell because i would be friends with her but christine is like such better television she's such like a gay like icon bitch yes. fabulousness that i'm like oh okay God. okay i get it but she's also like too much like she's always turning it on in a way i don't think chriselle is i saw that justin hartley once um irls and like he melted the skin off my face oh my god he was so hot i believe that i believe that i mean it, he's probably tall too he is tall he's probably Close to six feet, if I remember correctly. I didn't get like too close to him, but somebody I was with was like knows him, and they were like talking, and I was like, I can't, I can't process, can't process. Yeah, I couldn't, I wouldn't process that. I mean, I do. Th- I love how you say that Christine is a gay icon because she truly is. And I remember there's one shot of her like getting out of the pool, and they clearly use like a drone, or they they clearly had like an aerial shot of just like her slow motion getting out of the pool the water's dripping (laughs) down her and i was like this is a full music video slash um but i think she knows the gig she knows the job but i do agree that she can't be too much and but she is so much better television than chris shell and it is 
that's one of the shows that I will watch, but I've I've never been more okay tuning out of it while I'm watching. If that makes any sense. I, oh like, yeah, it's to yeah. I'm like half watching that. I'm either like on the phone or like I do I do craft projects while watching shitty reality television. So I'm like working on my thing and I'm like, oh, let's watch Million Dollar Listing or oh, yeah. uh, Selling Sunset. Though I, it's my husband watched an episode. I watch way more television than he does, and even though he also works in television. But um, and I had watched it all and then he watched an episode and got into it. He's like, oh, can we watch Selling Sunset? And so I ended up having to watch Selling Sunset twice. Oy. I'm so sorry for your yeah, loss. I mean, I do. I will say. That's okay. I mean, it's short. So there's that. It's short. And also, it's so, I, I don't know why, Brian. I just feel this kindred connection with you because my husband is like obsessed with Selling Sunset as well. I mean, there's all guilt involved with our either Catholic families or with me. It's a Jewish thing. It's just there's – I also like – when I read so many Housewives and Bravo-related things, like you say in the book, it's like you not necessarily want to agree with the person. You just want to talk about Bravo. But with you, I really yes. I really align with so many of your opinions, uh, especially you write about it on your recaps. Like One of the things that you say about Potomac being so underrated, 100%. I think that... I mean, it's probably yeah. ranks as top. <laughs> it doesn't take a genius like me to know that. I but mean, yes, I, underrated. It's definitely one of the best, and I and I I hope that it continues to like get the much needed attention. But I do want to ask you a question about Potomac. Do you are you sad to see Monique go? Do you think the show is going to be missing anything with her out of there? What What are your thoughts? Um, that's a good question because I think Monique was a great housewife, and I think that. I I don't like when the women are decide that to kick someone off the show, which they essentially said, like, we're not filming with her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's gone. But also, I totally agree with them that once you start, like, hitting people, it's, you know, a step too far. And um, but also, like, I don't want to victim shame, but Candace is not blameless either not at all yeah so i think it's very complicated i am gonna miss her because i always enjoyed her but i think that the rest of the cast is strong enough that i don't know that we need her as long as karen huger is a part of the picture i think they're gonna be good to go i love watching giselle and robin together it's one of my favorite things they bring me so much joy the two of them um, yeah, every, Ashley Darby is so great. Michael Darby is the best villain we've ever had on The Real Housewives and just uh, ever-flowing font of bad behavior. How he isn't I in mean, jail is beyond me. And every time there is a house husband who is a quote-unquote entrepreneur <laughs> girl, that is a R-E-D flag. Like, I mean, I, it's they, so funny when the you... The FBI better be looking into him. <laughs> I agree. And also, I love, like, in the book, and for, of course, anyone listening to this right now, if you haven't bought the book, it, it really is so, so good. But one of the parts, Brian talks about how Teresa, when she's doing her confessional, talks about she is only paying for something in cash. It's because the housing market is so unreliable or whatever it is. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. That's why you're paying with cash. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Teresa, we believe you. <laughs> 
I mean, bless her heart. That's the thing about so many of these people. They're good for TV, but in real life, it's like, yay, yay, yay. Yeah, even the ones I love, I don't want to hang out with in real life, really. No. I mean, with a handful of exceptions. Well, I talk mean, about yeah. the Ramona Singer of it all. I, Matt and I went to a taping of Watch What Happens, where she was on with, um, I think it was Megan McCain. and uh, <laughs> Which seems like... Uh, appropriate pairing it really i mean like you know two two peas in a pod two horses of a different of the same color they just they before the show ramona was like decided to take a lap around the bar where people were hanging out and as she is famously not wanting to take photos she stood there while people tried to take photos with her and just kind of did her big eye blink and and didn't utter a word to a soul and it was kind of like being at madame tussauds it was just very like are we are we allowed to like interact? It was just it did not feel good, is what it didn't feel. That's what was so weird about BravoCon was they had they would have these long lines to get your pictures taken with people, and it was like you don't even have a minute to be like hi or whatever at a book signing. It was just like take your picture, move on. You know, it was strange. Like I don't know why I would want that. Do you? So actually, because I know tickets are going to be sold soon for BravoCon this year. Do you find that it is worth to pay all the money for BravoCon? I had a great time. I mean, I was there for quote unquote work and I did use a bunch of stuff from the kind of producer panels and stuff at BravoCon in the book. So I think it was very helpful, but I just had a great time. I went by myself. I just went and like every time I sat down, like the people next to me started chatting with me. Like I made friends everywhere. I met this woman at the Watch What Happens Live taping and we exchanged phone numbers and we like text still and she lives in the town next to where I grew up. So I went to go visit my parents. Like we went out to dinner mm-hmm. and she brought her like daughter who's also into Bravo. And yeah. So, I mean, I think that to me, like getting to hang out with the fans and like being among our people as it were, I thought was great. Some of the panels were better than others, but yeah, I thought it was just really fun to be like in it for a whole weekend was really fun. So that's what I find interesting about the Bravo of it all is like their tight hold on so much of their image and of the publicity and their programming. And when uh, you talk about in the book, how you were, they reached out to you about maybe collaborating or them essentially producing and having creative control. And then it kind of how that wasn't what you or your team wanted. And so they kind of cut ties and then told everyone, every housewife not to do an interview with you. Did you a feel resentful after that? And what is the update now? Do you have, is your relationship with Bravo any different or what, what is it like? Um, I don't, I, I don't, I won't say I was resentful. I think that there was a moment where I sort of mourned the image like I always knew going into it that either Bravo was going to work with me and it was going to be one thing or they weren't. It was going to be another thing. And so for a moment, once they like emailed everybody, I sort of mourned that vision of what the book was going to be and like took a few days and talked to my therapist and, you know, regrouped. But then it was like, okay, now that I know they're not going to do it, like how can I go forward and do this on my own? And I think it it became a better book because of that. And I think it's people really talking about the shows and their experience, knowing that Bravo isn't listening Mm -hmm. because all the behind the scenes stuff we get currently is filtered through Bravo. So if you want to go and hear the oral history of Scary Island, you can go and watch it on bravotv.com, but it's going to be what they want you to hear. And Bravo had a sh- an idea to write their own book about the official oral history of the Real Housewives. I don't know 
where they would have gotten that idea, <gasps> but it comes out at BravoCon and it's on Andy Cohen's imprint. And the editor might have been my former editor, and they might have had, um, you know, my outline and my list of people I wanted to interview when I was talking to them about partnering. But I don't know, like, how any of that happened. Um, at all, or if that happened, I'm not sure what's going on. <gasps> but um, <laughs> okay, I think we need to call a certain lawyer that lives in Atlanta and get on top of that one. Um, but um, when they announced the second BravoCon, it was either right before or right after my book came out. Like it was around the same time. And um, the head of PR for Bravo, her name is Jennifer Geiser, I think is her last name. She emailed me with the press release and said, at least you won't have to sneak in this year because I snuck into BravoCon last time <laughs> because they told me I wasn't welcomed. So I get, so I don't know. But, and also they had blocked or they had not participated in a few articles I was working in about reality TV um, because I was working on those articles and a publication had asked me to do something for them about the housewives and they were going to reach out to Bravo to see if they would do it with me attached. And I haven't heard back, which either means the fatwa is still on or they're just being New York media professionals and being bad about emailing. I don't know, oh, yeah. but um, so we'll see what's going on. So it's, you know, a uh, push, pull, love, hate, between, you know, we're like Kenya and Portia. We're like stuck together, but maybe never really going to see eye to eye. Talk about a tale as old as time. I mean, there's there's so much to unpack. I mean, I, and I know that you've talked about this on, on Bitch Sesh uh, about Andy Cohen kind of getting uh, a very, I think, fair shake in the book about how he has had some instincts that were wrong about what people would respond to. But if now he's more of like the on-camera talent. What do you uh, like personally what is your opinion about andy cohen just as his position at bravo now and do you are you a fan of his or is it complicated um i think andy is great at hosting the reunions he has gotten much better at hosting watch what happens live than he was when he started and I, you know i think he is really good at his job and obviously i mean i love these shows he was instrumental in making them what they are with, a, you know, a handful of other people. And so I thank him for that. But I do think that a lot of times the fans are like, oh, Andy is, you know, founded Housewives or Andy is doing all this or she is still on the show because Andy likes her. And I mean, Andy as a single entity really doesn't have that much to do with the Housewives anymore. So if by saying Andy, you actually mean a collective of people, which are Bravo executives and the executives at the production company and the producers on the ground and Andy Cohen, then yes, you are correct. That is what's happening. But if you mean actual Andy, the one human being, like, no, he's not doing all that. And so I just think that people have a misguided idea that he's this like all knowing Svengali who is, you know, orchestrating everything. And that's just not the case. And I mean, he, he doesn't even work for Bravo. He doesn't even so, go here. I mean, it's definitely like right. it's he, I think in both sides of it, he probably gets more credit than sometimes he is due with certain things, but also he at, on the other side of it probably gets more flack and more blame than he is actually, 100%. uh, that he actually deserves because he is not the only person making these crazy, big decisions about should jacks get fired is stassi like yes it right 
So when everyone goes racist on Real Housewives of Dallas and they're like, Andy, you need to do something like, yes, he deserves that because he's getting the credit mm. for being Andy. And I so I think it's a bargain that he and Bravo made, whereas he is like the figurehead of this thing. And so, you know, you take the good, you take the bad. And I think that, you know, he definitely did it to get some more attention. He always wanted to be on TV. You know, he even admits to that, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't begrudge him that, you know, I, I mean, I think that he has has earned it but also most television executives don't want to be as uh consumer forward as andy cohen is yeah he's a front facer that's for sure andy loves the lens well i actually there was a, a video that was posted on his instagram like yesterday that was him seeing like some person on the street walking in a very funny way and then there was music playing and andy is like dancing and his baby's next to him like getting jostled as andy's like doing a full shimmy on camera i'm like he the, the man just loves loves to see that red light go on i mean and you know what i i mean i do all these dumb podcasts just because i love hearing myself talk so i don't blame him <laughs> but Listen, yeah. I mean, yeah we're literally being record we're recording a conversation just like hoping someone will care i mean you know what that's yeah. true that's <laughs> true and we love andy for yeah. it and also like do i no. do i find andy attractive i'm gonna say yes it's like i'm it's i'm gonna lead with my truth um yeah i mean i would do it too so you know and i mean he still looks good he does who i just i can't wait to be rich enough to have that much training and access to a gorgeous gym and ooh, get ready world it's a- not the training it's the food it's all the diet it's on the diet that's what i have learned from my uh experience in the world of trying to maintain one's youth (laughs) (laughs) so it's like the private chef of it all yeah well i don't know if he has a private chef or what he does but i if i had a choice i would choose like the food over the trainer Mm. because you can do the trainer yourself like you know yeah there's enough muscle dudes on instagram that will give you workouts that you can just follow that is true how how many hot guys do you follow on instagram brian how the hell am i supposed to answer that um how many hot guys do i follow on instagram um well how many guys on instagram do you follow just because they're hot more than a dozen (laughs) do you have a favorite um god i love this question do i oh god i mean it it depends on how embarrassing i want to make myself i mean like i and also it depends on the platform like is there uh twitter there's a twitter versus twitter is a different level instagram has a lot of hotties uh, but twitter is like yeah twitter is like dicks and i need to like stop following porn stars on twitter because then i look at twitter in like the airport and i'm like oh that is full on fucking full on fucking i mean you know what's funny is the other day my friend texted me he's like i saw someone in twitter porn that i thought was you and i was like can you please send me the because like i was like what did what leaked what leaked babe and then he sent me a photo (laughs) it's just like clearly a pornographic photo of a guy that just like has brown hair and kind of a long face and it was not me brian i'm happy to report or sad to report i don't know all press is good press there was a gentleman in the early 2000s who was a twink porn star when i was at the height of my twinkdom and we were like identical twins <gasps> and i used to have a picture of him but i don't know where it went he also had a much larger penis than i have um <laughs> i mean but... listen the camera adds 10 pounds but also i tell you a story <laughs> i'm so i was at the time dating matt and he lived in an apartment that had like a bright blue wall and he moved out of that apartment into another apartment but then 
somehow, quote unquote, he came across a video with that blue wall. Turns out a porn star was subletting that apartment and recorded videos of himself like getting fucked and in like and all kinds of cam shows. And it was in the bedroom that Matt was living in. And it, his name is, um, I can tell you his name is, I don't know if he's still performing, Duncan Black, I think. Does that ring any bells? Interesting. It does not. I, I was an editor for a gay porn website for a number of years. Okay, I saw you reference that. Give me the, give me the scoop. So I moved to New York in 2006. And um, I was like working a bunch of stupid jobs. And then I started uh, as the editor of Next Magazine for Homosexuals. Do you remember this? Of course. Um, R.A.P. And so I was working at Next Magazine for Homosexuals. And somehow someone from Fleshbot, which was a porn site that Gawker Media owned. And it had like a gay side and a straight side. And they needed somebody to do the gay stuff. And they were like, hey, would you be interested in this? And I like tried out and I got the job. And so, but it was like... I got like a few thousand dollars a month and I had to do like three posts a day about porn and hot guy stuff and video reviews and blah, blah, blah. And so I did that for maybe like two or three years. And that's how I ended up with a job at Gawker because Nick Denton, who owns Gawker, only read the gay stuff on Fleshbot because he was gay and thought it was funny. And so when they were looking for somebody, they were like, hey, you should talk to this Brian Moylan kid. And that's how I ended up like working at Gawker. Oh and, my God. Talk about climbing the corporate ladder. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I owe it all to porn. Okay. Well, that mean, I mean, so, so many questions that pop. Do you, did it change your consumption of porn? Do you, did it make you feel like you were working? Yeah. And it, yes. And so while I was doing it, well, and then it was like I was watching everything and, perusing the news and i knew like every porn star's name and you know so there's like a few years in like the late 2000s where i like know every single gay porn star and their name and their face and you know yeah and so it did feel like work and then i was just like watching porn like every day all the time and so then i was just like always on the hunt for something new and different and weird and so it made my tastes a little like crazy Wait, um, but, Brian, are you, do you care to, do you, you don't have to go full, like full fist or whatever it was, but like, is there anything that you can divulge that you were into that you didn't think you would be into? It was just like, I just wanted things to be different. And so like, I remember there was this video, it was on a site, it was like college dudes 24 seven or something like that, that like it no longer exists. And there was one of their stars and he was like eating a bowl of pasta and then like getting it all over himself. And then he was like covered in pasta and sauce and like jerking off. And I was like, that's weird. And I love it. Like, it was just like anything that was different than just yeah. like dudes, you know, hot dudes fucking. I was like, yes. But it wasn't like I was into like super weird kinky stuff. It sure, sure, whatever, sure. You're you like, know. you're like after that looking for a fettuccine Alfredo scene. I mean, yeah, right. I yes. get it. I, I see what you're saying. Cause like, if you see one thing going into one hole, you've seen them all. But if you see right. a, a penne noodle with a meatball, well, that's something a little spicy. Yeah. Okay. Or, right. Yes. So I was just like looking for things that were, um, out there. Well, I remember like Buck Angel did a few scenes around then. Do you know who Buck Angel is? It sounds familiar. Buck Angel is a trans male porn star, and he was making gay porn. And he's like 
Butch and Jack and Harry and he but still has a vagina and so there were scenes of him getting fucked in his vagina and I was like that is fucking amazing that wow. is awesome and I was just like because it was just so like mind blowing I mean speaking of speaking of Twitter though like I do see I see all sorts of bodies getting railed on the internet now it's in a very yes. beautiful way well, and, that, and that's the thing is back then it was kind of the last gasp of, you know, like pre-only fans, pre-Twitter, all that. And so there was this kind of studio system deciding what we should and shouldn't be looking at and who's hot and who's not and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, I'm with you. Like now I'm much more into like kind of an only fan situation. Now I just want to watch like gay dudes having sex with each other and enjoying it. Like, I don't want to watch like straight dudes who got paid. I just want to watch like gay guys, like having fun and fucking. Amen um, to that, Brian. That is a good platform. If I've ever heard one, Brian yeah. Moylan, 2021, just gay guys fucking <laughs> and enjoying it. God damn and it. Enjoying it and having fun. I mean, yes. Whoop it up. Indeed. Well, listen, can I... I'm going to do a rapid fire of a couple of questions before I ask you the famous podcast question of what made you gay. I want to ask you just a couple of uh, lightning Bravo questions. Okay. My question, my first question is, have you been in touch with Erica Jane and would she write a sequel with you? Um, I have been in touch with Erica Jane. I think she's still waiting to see how everything plays out. But um, I joked with her that there could be another book and she was like, of course you're going to write it. So I don't know that if that's in the plans, but if one is in the plans, hopefully I will be in on the second book. From your mouth to Lisa Vanderpump's ears. What about between Kyle Richards and Lisa Vanderpump? Who do you like better? Kyle Richards by far. Thank you. Matt and I have fights all the time about Kyle Richards and I'm fully on her side. Um, Are you happy about Heather Dubrow coming back? Um, I am. uh, Yeah. Uh, yes, I thought Heather Dubrow was gone before her time, so I'm interested. I don't know that Heather Dubrow is the solution that Real Housewives of Orange County needs, but let's see how it goes. I agree. Uh, what about, should Tamara come back to OC? No. Do you think Dorinda will come back to New York at any point? Uh, I am ideologically opposed to comebacks. And for the reason that you know, fans are often like, bring back her, bring back Dorinda, because they don't know about the thousands of other women that casting directors are looking for that they have found. It's like, we didn't even know we wanted Dorinda until they found us Dorinda to start with. So, you know, there's a quote in the book that Sarah Galley, who hosts a podcast called Andy's Girls, says, I don't believe in God, but I believe in the Real Housewives. And I feel the same thing to be true. Like, I trust these people to do their job well enough that they're going to find me a new Dorinda. Yes. I do think that Heather was an experiment in bringing someone back that didn't go the way that it could have. Like, I think this appearance in the season was I, cause I've been a Heather person ever since she was on and then seeing her back, I was like, Oh, I guess I was wrong. I don't think she should come back. Well, and uh, Caroline Manzo was on Albie Manzo's podcast talking about they wanted her to come back. And this is what they do now. They're like, we'll bring you back as a friend of, and if it goes well, we'll make you a full-time cast member. And Caroline was like, no, you'll bring me back as a full-time cast member, and you'll pay me what I deserve. And they were like, never mind. So I think it this was like Heather's like trial period, and then she was like, nope. Wow. That's, I mean, hey, that is some good tea. What about um, if you were a housewife, what would you try to sell? What would you make bank off of? 
Ooh, um, I always say that I want to open a pie shop. So it would probably be like some kind of pie scenario. Some kind do you have of a like signature flavor? Bit. What When you eat a pie, what do you love? I like a fruit pie. Here in England, they like savory pies, like meat pies and shit, fish pies. And I don't, they're fucking crazy. Um, but I like a fruit pie, like an American fruit pie, apple flavored, peach flavored, blueberry flavored. I think it would be some kind of like baked good, like Kathy Wakili, you know, mm. Brian Moylan's frozen pies. Oh my God, I can see it already. You in an apron, naked except the apron. I mean, sign me up. It would cover all my problem areas. <laughs> and since you waste, babe. Um, okay, wow, wow, wow. Well, listen, Brian Moylan, I am so grateful you're on That's a Gayest podcast, and I need to ask you a question. Yes. Whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame, Brian? Um, He Man. He Man made me gay. Let's unpack. At what age did we did we feel this? And what was it about He-Man? Well, I mean, I was probably like six-ish. And we would watch like He-Man after school. Well, it was like at the time, it was like, I think it was just like cartoons. Because at, there was like Super Friends. And I was obsessed with Aquaman, who mm. I was like in love with, who looks remarkably like Kyle Cook with that big swoosh of blonde hair. And there was also He-Man, who was just, like, a giant hunk of muscles and, like, a harness and a Speedo and some, like, stupid page boy haircut. I don't know. But he was really hot. And then, like, Skeletor was also hot, but then super camp and, like, kind of like Paul Lind. And then Tila and Eva Lynn, they were, like, drag queens. And then, like, Shira came on the scene, and she was, like, strong female lead. And that's, like, still my number one Netflix category. And so it was just, like, all, like, firing in my brain. And then Gem and the Holograms, oh, my God, forget about it. I was just, like, all in. And my brothers were always, like, why do we have to watch Gem and the Holograms? I was, like, shut up! We're watching this! And my little pony's on next, motherfucker. And we're watching that, too. Um, oh, my God. I wanted to own a My Little Pony. I was that queer little kid that wanted just to braid people's hairs and have all the dolls. And it is tough to grow up in a time. Like I hope little boys now, if they want to do that, it is more socially acceptable. There's not, like, asshole parents who are saying that's not acceptable for boys. Because, God damn it, we just wanted to watch My Little Pony. And uh, these can't be yeah. strong female leads. Yeah, and I was like so into all of that shit, and um, and we had lots of He-Man action figures, uh, dolls, um, but yeah, and they were also hot and had beautiful like glistening bodies, and so it was like you could be into He-Man, but also like a boy, so it was kind of hiding in plain sight, you know, it was totally mask for mask. Oh yeah, realness. Absolutely. And now you look at some of the people, and it's like how is this not like just right out of gay iconography did we so, find out if like gay men were at the helm of these shows i don't think so in that so um there is a really good documentary on netflix about the he-man action figure and they made the action figure based on they made the show based on the action figure and the action figure was based on a mold for some other toy that was like a, oh. a dude toy. So that's why they all have the same bodies. Cause it was like this 
pre-existing mold and they just use that and sort of like remarketed it as he-man interesting i mean i do have memories as well of like having a ken doll and putting my fingers over his pecs like like and just like imagining what it would be like to feel a real person like that i think it is being young and pre-puberty and but also knowing you're gay at seven years old what a what a crazy thought to have in a world that especially like i didn't know a single gay person for the majority of my young life you know i mean same yeah it's like i came out in high school in the late 90s you know it was a whole different thing back then but i don't think i was like i had like a boner for he-man i was just really into it and i didn't quite like get it but then when i was a little bit older i started to my brothers and i were all really into professional wrestling and then it was just like hot dudes and a soap opera and i was <laughs> it, you know and it's like these are all my favorite things are any of your brothers Um, gay no they're both straight see it's so funny we because i have three brothers who are all straight well my younger brother is straight but he is um a 90210 super fan and so which seems like more on the gay end of the spectrum than you know one might think but yeah he's like because he used to watch that like every day after school we would watch um like when we were older in high school, we watched Saved by the Bell, and then we would watch Nine Hundred Two and Zero. Oh, I love that! We love an, a, a woke younger straight brother king. That's great. Um, and then so he uh, works at a bank, and he's on their like Pride float every year. And Pride, it's like and, you know, he brings his son. It's like very sweet. And um, for at some point, he was like the liaison for his office to like the bank's lgbtq like affinity group because there wasn't anyone else doing it and i was like did you tell everyone you were straight he's like yeah but nobody else would do it but so i sent him a t-shirt that i found on the internet and it's like slater and zach morris like kissing for him to wear to pride for oh my god that's brilliant i mean talk about like all all of his interests in one which is being an ally and his favorite (laughs) tv show i know so you know it all worked out we Um, love your younger brother thank god for him i know he's the sweetest that's well you know what's funny is that i my younger brother got the bit by the theater bug because of me and i got to fly back into town to see him star in the drowsy chaperone at his high school and my gay heart oh he was tap dancing and this man is fully straight i tap danced in uh, high school and i was in a regional theater production of anything goes with james vanderbeek from dawson's creek who is also a tap dancing sailor what do people know this do you you should i don't know how you don't talk about this all the time i have talked about it publicly a number of times and i believe i got him stoned for the first time <gasps> claims to fame claims to fame and so well i assume he must have been fun to hang out with do we like james vanderbeek he was he he was he had been cast in like a few things like independent movie kind of things by then and he was a little full of himself but then he dated briefly a friend of mine from high school and so he came to our prom like with her he was really hot and i was like i am very excited to see you in your underwear while we're changing into our tap dancing sailor costumes oh my god i just i'm i'm at a loss i'm at a loss brian i just what a lucky (laughs) what, what what a lucky life you've led um speaking of lucky life how did you meet your husband i need to know um we met through the real housewives as a matter of fact because he was a fan of mine and richard lawson's housewives recaps on gawker.com 
And he was friends with Nick Denton, who owned Gawker, and so went to a part, was invited to a party at Nick's house and went to like try to find me and found me and then asked me out on a date. Can you imagine if like you were married to someone that did not? I know some people that are married to people that just don't have a, any interest in in, a, in Bravo at all. And, I, and that must be hard. I don't get it at all. Like all we really talk about are housewives and hot boys. Like, and when we're walking down the street, it's like the worst. It's like, oh, look at him. Oh, look at him. Oh, look at him. We're not much different in that way as well. God, it's uh, it's like looking into a mirror. Well, <laughs> we I so we would see like a group of hot guys like together, and I always be like, oh my god, that's like a bukkake. And <laughs> but then we realized that like people could hear us and they know what a bukkake is. So then we change bukkake to bananas. So that's our like code word for like there's either a group or a hot guy. It's like oh bananas, and then you like. Oh yeah, bananas. I mean, yeah. Well, on this on this beach vacay, there are some bananas on this beach. It is like really unsettling to see all these hot young. Because like, I don't know when you see when you're a kid and you see dads, you're like, oh, a dad is a dad. But when you get older, you're like, some of these dads yes. are just like hot guys in their thirties who are just like carrying a little baby that like looking caring. And you're just like, Jesus, like yeah. And well, and then they're carrying a baby. And it's like, put it in me, <laughs> not the baby, your wiener. <laughs> just for clarification. <laughs> I don't want the baby heard... in me. I don't want the baby anywhere near me naked. Do, Thank you. Do not, yeah, let's make one thing clear. Um, although I, I want to really commend the use of wiener in that sentence because I have not gotten, have not called it a wiener in some time. Wiener is my preferred term. What's your second? What's what, what comes second? Um. Well, my other favorite word is bussy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it makes me laugh. It makes me so happy just to say it. I sometimes um, say as just to be stupid with matt i would be like mm, yeah my boy pussy and he doesn't he doesn't enjoy that i just like i think it's funny when people call it a bussy i love but when you say a boy pussy i think it's beautiful i don't want to hear it in a sexual context like i don't want to be railing you and have you go oh yeah no. fuck, my, fuck my pussy like no <laughs> but like let me make one thing my... clear. I do not say in a sexual setting. It's only it's only in a day to day boy pussy reference. Thank you very much. Yes, I also love to call Christian my husband, <laughs> just even <laughs> though he's not like bearish at all. But um, yeah, I because I just think that's like stupid and hilarious to be like, oh my husband. Yeah, no, that is it is all of those things. Um, I do want to I do want to ask another famous podcast question, which is if the world is ending. And you can only save one character actress, Brian Moylan. Who do you choose? Um, Parker Posey every day of the week. Brian, no one has said that. And I'm, sh- I'm so in love with that answer. Oh, my God. I just... Parker Posey is... Parker Posey. Unbelievable. I mean, honestly, like, when I first saw Waiting for Guffman and her audition scene, teacher's pet, I don't, it's just like, there, I, teacher, <laughs> teacher, I love you. Wow. I just like, there's, she is so brilliant in everything she oh does. And I hope she, I hope she's a very happy person who knows how happy she's made me. And when she was like queen of Sundance, like indie movies in the late 90s, that's what like when I was in college and I just wanted to be her like party girl, like was my life. I just 
oh my god, watch that movie over and over and over again. I still watch it all the time. I love it so much. I love her okay. in anything. I've anything never she's seen in, that. I, I need to. I need to watch that. I've never seen it. I'm devastated. Um, the first person in Party Girl that you see is Lady Bunny, like young Lady Bunny, and she she's like at a. Oh my god, it's so good. It's such a good movie. Oh, oh my I god, can't wait. I, can't, and, I cannot wait. Um, What's his name is in it? Um, he was married to Naomi Watts. Liev Schreiber, like a very <gasps> young Liev Schreiber, plays her boyfriend. And what's his name? Is it Mario Diaz, who was on Scandal, the gay guy who was on Scandal? Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, it is such a good movie, and she plays like a party girl who gets in trouble, and then um, she has to work in a library, <laughs> so she has to become a librarian. Oh, um, but it's like very good. like Lady Miss Keir, Downtown New York, like late nineteen nineties. Uh, just oh my I mean, God. I don't know if you work in marketing, babe, but you sold it. You sold Party Girl. I'm gonna watch it ASAP. It's just so. I Parker Posey. I even just like she had a bit part in Search Party in like a recent season. I just think like I cannot get enough of her, and I want her to have it. I want her to have another Party Girl. I want her to have like a Parker Posey movie. Same. She was on that Lost in Space show, the like Netflix Lost in Space. So oh, that was like two or three seasons of a good paycheck for her. But yeah, like I feel like, and she had a Fox show that should have been better with her and Lauren Ambrose playing sisters. Like, I feel like it just never quite happened for her. But I mean, every time my husband works in television and I'm always like, is there a part for Parker in this? Is there a part for Parker in this? What a power <laughs> like, couple. No. Wait, what, what does he do in television? He um, is, his official title is president of global drama. Let me tell you. Because she is the president of global drama, honey. Yes, she um, is. So he works for a company called Fremantle, and he like oversees a bunch of production companies they own, and like helps them produce uh, TV shows. It's all like very high end, highbrow scripted drama. Holy shit, that is so cool! I mean, I just yeah. the the conversations over dinner. I can only imagine. Well, but then he comes home and it's like, what housewives do we have tonight? <laughs> and, sure, 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 or it's sure. like, will you watch Selling Sunset with me? Right now, we are very deep into Australian Survivor. See, I haven't. I, I've never, I've never gotten into Survivor, even though I know that it's supposed to be incredible. We just uh, a couple weeks ago, Matt Rogers was on the podcast, and I know that he is a huge Survivor fan. But I really, I, yeah, I, need, I did not know that. I need to get into it because I, I obviously there are so many seasons to choose from, and I know there's like a hierarchy. But who, who Australia? Who knew? Yeah, it's well, and it's twice as long as American Survivor, but like the boys holy shit and they're just like in speedos all the time they're like butts out walking around naked they're like wrestling and they're australian you know australians are dumb and slutty which is a wonderful combination so sold um, we are real into australian survivor he doesn't watch american survivor which i love the boys on american survivor are also like top notch like if only for that reason i mean i will watch anything with hot guys on it let's be honest so I support that. I fully support that. Um, I want to ask one final question. Wait, which is, I want to ask a question, which please. I, I actually asked you earlier and you didn't answer, which is who is the guy you follow on Instagram only because he's hot. And I want the most embarrassing one. Okay. I'm looking through my list right now. Hmm, I want to give you a good one. 
Because <laughs> there's definitely some a few to choose from. Um. Oh. 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 This might be controversial because he like is an actor, but he. I do think he's talented and a good person, but I mostly follow Matt Wilkes because he is so. Oh my god, hot. I am obsessed with that Gus Kenworthy. Yeah. I and I'm into Gus, but Ma- it was just but the Matthew Wilkes of it all. I mean, I'm looking at him right now. It's just yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I was I had so much self-hatred for having like a hairy chest and a hairy body growing up, and then seeing him be like hot and hairy and shameless about it, it just like it's oh my god. I mean, it's just like ticked off so many boxes for me and yeah he is just oh my god i mean i just it's like i do you follow rj portalis do you know who this is nope but i'm looking him up he is uh a former he's a veteran he was like went to west point and i don't know what he does now it's like and he's always doing like workouts and shit but he's super hot and hairy but also he is the most basic person (laughs) Ever. Like he is a living live, laugh, love sign in your kitchen. And I love that about him. Like his basicness is like a weighted blanket for me. It's like, I just want to look at him, be hot and basic. And it just makes me feel like warm and fuzzy. I mean, his titties are a weighted blanket. It's like, I could literally grab one with two hands. Yeah. I mean, he actually has a highlight reel on Instagram just called uh, build chest. And in the first slide, he's just bouncing his titties. Yeah. And he has this like hot twink boyfriend. I'm very into it. Wow. Oh yeah, there he is. There they are. Wow. Can you imagine? Can yeah. you imagine? Oh my god. I like love him so much. But there there's a bunch of boys that I follow only because they're hot. But he is like the most basic. <laughs> and I'm still just like, yes. Give and it's like I love the base. It's not like I love him despite his basicness. I love him because of it. I'm like, yes, like show me a meal prep video, please. <laughs> I will watch riveted like, for this that minute. That is what 30. I want. Yes. Well, hey, yes. listen, maybe one day, uh, our Rob Roberto J. Portalis will let you put your face between his tits. I don't know, maybe. I mean, I I don't. I'm just like happy with what he's giving me right now. Much like the housewives, I don't think I want to be friends with him. <laughs> like, I don't really want to hang out with him. But I'm like happy he's here for me. Sometimes the fantasy um, is better than the reality. Yes. But because you're in Florida, I'm going to make an OnlyFans recommendation for you, and it is the Salty Boys. Yeah, who they yes, are. Yes, 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 yes. I know. Oh I love. I've never paid, but have I been so close to pressing that charge button? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, on a boat, and they're also like the high school like jocks that you wouldn't you would picture having sex with each other but wouldn't act would never actually do it and then you see them doing it you're just like oh my and they like like you say they really seem to enjoy it they're like the giant bulky one it's like the one that bottoms mostly and you're like what is going on and they just like sent like they'll often post like screenshots of their texts where it's them just like flirting with each other and like sending naked pictures back and forth and i'm like i wish that my husband and i were as horny for each other as you two are because like yeah i've been following them for 
ever. And I, and like, I don't even jerk off to their videos anymore. I just want to see, like, I want to be in their life. Like, I just want them around. Yeah. You're like, following for just, story. You want the storyline. Yeah. Like, it's like, Oh, you just bought him a truck. That's amazing. Like I'm super, super into it. Oh, look now you're fucking in the truck. I guess that's nice, but you know, hey. yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I'm invested in their lives. I, I mean, God, I hope they yeah. stay together. What if they break up An empire would crumble? Oh my god, that would be awful. That would be awful. I wonder who would get the OnlyFans page. In the divorce, yeah. I mean, gosh, there's who would get the truck? I mean that's that might be their biggest asset. <laughs> oh my god, page. Brian. I could literally talk to I mean, I wonder if the listeners right now are like, is this a gay porn podcast? But I I'm Right. Why are you two talking about this stuff? I never do like I only talk about the housewives, so I'm just happy to talk to somebody about all the like perpy shit that I um because I used to write about pornography. I used to have a column for Vice called Tube Steak, and I used to do all this stupid gay dick shit, and now I just do Housewives. Yeah, so. I mean, it's even, even pen, it's all been pent up for so long that this, you know what, Brian, whenever you want to come back on That's a Gay's podcast and just talk about the salty boys and gay porn and OnlyFans, you are so welcome and oh my celebrated. God. Any, anytime you want to have me on and, you know... I'll share sex stories. I don't care. I'm open to all of it. And all of you Housewives fans out there, get ready for Brian Moylan's dick joke. And that is a plug for Brian Moylan's future appearance on this podcast. It's going to happen. I cannot <laughs> wait. And you know what? I swear to good God, if Matt and I are in London anytime soon, you're going to be hearing from me. And we're going to have a drink talking about our salty boys, talking about our, yes, a little Bravo, but mostly just. I mean, it would be all my favorite things at once. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I would love that. Oh my god, it's a day, Brian William. Thank you so much for coming on that's a gay as podcast and for being a star. And everyone, go buy the book. It is so good. Of course, I'm going to link it in the notes. Of course, I'm going to plug Brian's socials. But you're a star, and Brian, I'm I'm so grateful. Brian Moylan, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you order his book, The Housewives, The Real Story of the Real Housewives, and follow him on social media at Brian J. Moylan. Follow me at Eric Wills, and you gotta keep in touch because this Patreon is going to be launched I'll probably by the end of the month or the beginning of August, and there's going to be incredible perks and special bonus episodes. So make sure you follow us, and it really means the world when you tell your friends about the podcast because because we are getting so many new listeners every single week and the way we grow is just because of you so sending love sending light and we'll see you next week What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.